welcome to Terrace Talk. Uh, this is episode 12 and we are previewing Norwich City versus Southampton on Saturday. Dean Smith's first game in charge. I am very pleased to be joined by Mike from Matchday Vlogs. How are you, Mike? And uh, how are you feeling about uh, you know Southampton's season so far? Yeah, very well. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting start to our season, really, because we started against some pretty tough opposition in terms of, I think, our first home game was up against Man United and... You know, we had a you know difficult away fixture to start against Everton, and it, it felt a bit of a slow start. But as the season has progressed, it's actually been a pretty good start for us. I mean, it's it's quite rare that we'll start the season absolutely flying. Um, I can't remember when we started the season with a win. Actually, it's quite quite a while back. But um, but overall, I'm quite impressed with the the club's performance. Um, and I think the the big thing for us is we've stopped conceding lots of goals, so that's been a a big plus for our season so far. Um, I've kind of noticed that you've had a lot of draws in that sort of early patch of the season that's obviously suddenly turned into a few wins. What's sort of been the been the change there? Has it been a formation or injuries that have come back? It's been um, a better setup defence, I think, uh, and also in terms of where we were last season. I mean, a, a big addition to the squad was Timo Livramento. Um, coming in that right back position, we already had a really prolific right back being Carl Walker Peters, so it, it kind of sort of uh, enabled us to switch things up and, at the back and and actually moves Carl Walker Peters over to the left side um, for him to get game time, which he's done very well in that position as well. Um, previously, with Ryan Bertrand, who's since moved on to Leicester City, um, he was basically the only choice left back that we had. So now things have changed up a bit. It's almost like there's competition for, for places and, you know, rising tide favours all ships kind of thing. And, uh, you know, we, we seem to be setting up well there. Obviously, you spoke about that summer business there with, with Livramento. Uh, you've made some other quite true bits of business. Obviously, in the summer, you brought in Adam Armstrong, a player that actually Norwich were linked with quite heavily as well. Um, has he settled into the side and what have you made of his early performances? Yeah, very good, very good. I mean, obviously to start the you know the the season off with the debut goal away at, at Everton, I mean it was a a really composed finish. I mean a lot of people were writing off Adam Armstrong, thinking like, okay, this is supposed to be our our Danny Ings replacement. But you know when you buy strikers from the Championship, there's always a bit of a question mark as to whether they can cut it in the Premier League. And uh, you know he kind of put those things to bed quite quickly. But then it takes a while for him to get his second goal, and everyone's sort of putting a question mark over his head again. But in terms of the, the team's performance and the positivity amongst the squad, there's always, you know, a, a good feeling and, you know, uh, the, the squad being together, there was not really any sort of uh, question marks over his head on, on their regard, but naturally the fans uh, are pretty impatient when it comes to those sort of things. But to get his goal against Aston Villa last time out was, uh, yeah, a big boost. Obviously, a 15th place finish last season. What were sort of the expectations from Southampton fans at the start of the season? And sort of, are you living up to those? Yeah, I mean, I think coming out of last season, I mean, we had an absolutely horrendous end to the last campaign. And so really, uh, you put that in comparison to the previous season where we are absolutely flying and, you know, doing really well. You know, we talk about European football and all those kind of things. So expectation going into this season was kind of similar, like, 15th to maybe 11th that sort of aspirations um and you know I think I think certainly looking at the fixtures we've had so far we're, we're sort of living up to that but the the key thing for us is you know we we're a club that never got draws and we've got like five already and it just seems a bit crazy for us to 
to have that sort of you know reserved kind of uh, uh, position on, on that front really but I think that's down to a disciplined performance and in, in terms of like you know setting up much better defensively this season and obviously Ralph Hasenhutl strangely enough was linked with the Norwich job quite recently don't know <laughs> what your thoughts were on that what you know when that surfaced did you actually you know believe there was anything in that I I didn't to be honest with you, but it was almost as if you know Saints had been linked with Mbappe. That sort of level of you know no disrespect to Norwich at all when I say that, but it's just a case of you know why would Hasenhutl want to to leave when he's sort of implementing his systems so well, and also the the faith that the club has put in him after you know two horrific results, and you know the faith that they've they've backed him with that. I was more concerned with the Villa job. Uh, when that was being floundered around. So once that one was put to bed with Steven Gerrard going in there, um, you know, many Saints fans were pretty pretty composed on that. I was I was quite sort of shocked with the, the departure of Farco. I mean, I'm not sure what, what you guys thought on that, but, you know, I, I wasn't too surprised in regards to, um, you know, the results. But it was almost a case of, you know, our Norwich resigned to sort of be that yo-yo club because you know you you guys have won the championship comfortably on many occasions under Farco it just seems a bit baffling as to why it's not been able to maintain stability in the Premier League so confusing yeah yeah no it's uh definitely one of those that kind of divided opinions from a Norwich perspective I think a lot of fans had started to lose faith with his sort of Premier League record that was slowly just sort of going over two seasons and you looked at the mm. sort of losses tally and it just got to a point where I think our sporting director Stuart Weber just decided it was time to time for a change but obviously you've had some relative success under under Ralph Hasanusel at Southampton you know how has he maybe differed from managers of the past the likes of uh, Pochettino and what sort of style has he implement, implemented at, at Southampton? Well, you dropped a big name there, Potticino. I mean, um, I mean, we haven't really seen decent football at St Mary's and on the road since the days of Potticino and Kuman until Hasnutl came in. You know, in, in terms of the the style of play, it's a very sort of high press, exciting style of football um, that we've really missed since those glory days of Kuman and Potticino, where we were ending the the league in sort of positions in the European places. So. Um, I think that's been the key difference is the fact that there has been a game plan and there has been a strategy rather than kind of like set out not to lose under the, the likes of Claude Puel and then just the baffling era of the, the manager in between. I mean, the, the Mark Hughes, you know, he did his, did what he does. Um, but yeah, Pellegrino was, uh, yeah, strange one. So, um, but no, it's good to see good football back. And then we'll move on to, to Saturday's game. Um, what are you sort of made of Norwich's season from an outside perspective, you know, sort of viewing in? And do you sort of give us much hope for, for Premier League survival this season? I think it's, it's always going to be a difficult one when you, you know, effectively use the same, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, but in terms of, you know, using the same squad that you had in the Championship in the Premier League, you know, and also losing some key players. I mean, Wendy uh, moving to, to Aston Villa and, and the like. So it's almost a case of, I'm not sure if it's financial genius what you guys are doing in terms of like going up and down and reaping the benefits of the financial uh, rewards of doing so. Um, but it, it's kind of, you know, a lot of clubs and fans are, are, are writing you guys off for, for relegation already, which seems crazy in, in the realms of November. But it's fitting a, a familiar story that we, we've seen in the past before. But you never know, new manager bounce. It all depends on what Dean Smith can come in to do. I mean, you know, from looking at what Dean Smith has done, he's done 
great scenes with a budget squad and so it's a bit of an unknown i think for for many things but certainly looking at the uh, the table how it fits at the moment anyone in that bottom half is in danger and, and will be in until the latter part of the season um but you know watching you guys up against because i watched the the brentford game and you know you guys were holding on um towards the end there that was a pretty ropey win you know and it must have been i was nervous for you uh and i'm not you know a Norwich fan it was it was a difficult one to watch but it, from my side I was thinking it would be really funny if if Newcastle started the started their game bottom of the table you know after the 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 run of form youth guys have but yeah big unknown for the rest of the season for you guys I think you've just touched on that Dean Smith element obviously you got the victory over him in, in your most recent fixture so how strange is it coming up against him again um this Saturday massively it's going to be really, really shit. I'd be really interested if Dean Smith learned anything from, from you know the time he played us uh, in in the previous fixture because there were some weird things going on in that game. I mean, they they could have had, um, oh, I forget the name of the player, but one of their players could have easily been sent off. Um, and you know we had a there was probably a shout for them to have a penalty towards the end as well. Um, but in terms of how they were set up in the first half was absolutely horrendous. I mean, I've not seen a team set up that bad in a long time. So it was just kind of baffling to see him do similar things of what he'd done against West Ham in their previous fixture and just thinking like, what are you doing? And, and then also sort of not putting trust in the likes of Tyrone Mings and moving out your captain and moving things. It's just like some quite strange managerial decisions so um but yeah having you know coming into a side I mean whether your players are you know susceptible to to new managers coming in and you know having worked under Farker for so long you know what's their response going to be to a new manager you talk about that response there obviously a lot of Norwich fans are debating in social media at the moment obviously Todd Cantwell's been was frozen out under Daniel Farker arguably our best one of our best players on paper same with Billy Gilmore not really featured much this season does that concern you that they might get thrown in on Saturday and they've almost got that extra motive to try and perform against you guys yeah absolutely I mean you know Todd Cantwell and Billy Gilmore I mean two players that you know we would happily welcome at, at Southampton and have been linked with in the past and, and I think that they're clearly talented players um, and uh, you know whenever you have a new manager come in and sort of able to work with new players and perhaps where they've you know, they're there to show what they can do. Well, you know, what's what's to say they can't come in and put in performance? I mean, the likes of Billy Gilmore obviously been on loan from Chelsea. He's going to want to sort of make sure that he's doing the best that he possibly can because he wants to get first-team football where, wherever he is, you know, whether it ends up being a permanent deal with you guys or, or back at Chelsea. So there's definitely going to be plenty of uh, Norwich players out there to prove something, um, but it's whether or not, you know, Dean Smith can, can make the most of that. And then obviously players prove themselves. I think you've got a few injury concerns ahead of Saturday, I read. So I saw Redmond, obviously a, a well-known and a well-liked player from Norwich, was missing from your squad in the last game. And, and Jack Stevens yeah. as well, I believe. And there's been a few question marks over Ward-Prowse and uh, is it Boja or Broja, Borgia, however you pronounce it. As yeah, well. Broja. Broja from another Moja. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, it, the, the injuries are a bit of a, a blur at the moment, really, because I think the... Uh, Redmond was a COVID-related one, so and I saw he was back in training um, today. Um, Armando Brogia had an ankle injury picked up when he scored the goal against Leeds, and it was kind of like a niggling one that's that's been around. So 
Um, he, he sort of possibly could be. Timo Livramento would be um, the biggest worry because he's just so fundamental in in a you know that right back position to, because he pulled out the under twenty ones England squad with an unknown injury. So we we honestly don't know what that what that could be. Um, but the the likes of others, I think the Ward Prowse one was illness. So as vague as, as that could be, apparently it's a stomach issue or something like that. So these sort of injuries, you know, or illnesses, you know, hopefully will be will be pretty light. But if Timo's out, then we'll, that will be a big loss. But we do have cover for those positions, which is something that I haven't been able to say for, for at least a few seasons. So it's kind of nice to have the backup options with Roman Peru. Uh, being a left back and Carl Peters going into right back if if that should be the case. Uh, Jack Stevens out until December, um, but you know with Mohamed Salesu that had a phenomenal season. Um, he's kind of uh, looking to be a very very good player, and I certainly be thinking some super large clubs will be looking at him soon enough. Um, and you know with the likes of Jan Bednarek and uh, Lianko, um both having decent seasons as well. So. But it probably shows you, you know, the fact that we've not been conceding that many goals is probably down to the fact that we've got options in defence and those options are looking pretty decent. So So with that in mind, is there any Norwich players that particularly you fear this Saturday? Um, yes. Uh, I think you mentioned a couple of them earlier with, uh, you know, Todd Cantwell and, um, you know, Billy Gilmore. They're, they're clearly talented players. Uh, Timo Puki always seems to cause problems. I remember... Um, the fixture at St Mary's and you know effectively it was quite a routine what was felt like a routine sort of 2-0 win and then all of a sudden Pukki jumps up out of nowhere and, and makes it 2-1 and we end the game looking a little bit nervous so you're always sort of looking at those sort of players and thinking yeah they could cause problems but like I said we've we've put decent at the back which we've not looked decent at the back for a long long time so um, and we're not been conceding lots of goals so it's kind of one of those things where, you know, if you guys get a goal, then it makes it very interesting. Um, so let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> and talking about that previous game at Cow Road, obviously the first game of lockdown, uh, effectively mm-hmm. when it already started. Um, what memories do you have of that game? And can you see something similar happening on Saturday? I think it'd be quite interesting with fans back in there, um, you know, to see what sort of a difference that would have. And, you know, the, the you know, the set out allocation of the UA fans, you know, were, you know, the fact that there'll be a bit of noise in the stadium should make a bit of a difference. But, you know, watching that last fixture back, I mean, it, it was pretty routine in the end and it was one of those ones that, you know, it, it's rare that we get a 3-0 comfortable win. And, you know, I think that sort of perhaps told a story where, um, you know, it, you know, it's a similar kind of pictures where you guys were being relegated again and everyone was writing you off very early in the season. So, um, naturally, we were pretty confident about it, but... Yeah, fairly routine. And then, in terms of a score prediction for Saturday, how, how do you see it playing out? <sighs> score prediction, the audacious things. Um, it, do you know what? It's, it's one of those things where we, when we played Watford away, we should have been 4 0 up at half time, but we weren't. Um, and, you know, playing Villa at home, we should have been 3 0 up at half time, but we weren't. So. I'd be surprised, happily surprised, if it's, um, you know, more than a two-goal deficit win. Um, but I'm going to go a, a bold 3-0 win. 
to Southampton, despite what I just literally said. I know, but <laughs> any particular goal scorers you see coming out of there? Um, do you know, I think Adam Armstrong's going to have a good game. Um, you know, it's, it, I, I see us sort of setting up to be quite attacking um, and looking to, you know, get off on the front foot and uh, be quite aggressive in this one. And, and I think a lot of players have got. Uh, a, a lot of confidence with them um you know as i managed to catch up with dave merrington after the, the the previous game he does a lot of the five live commentary and he said, and he said confidence is a massive thing and that's something that this squad has had um throughout the course of this season and, and it's just on the back of those you know decent performances but you know the fact that if you get one nil wins there's something a little bit special about the fact that you've been able to keep a clean sheet and get a win quite what appears to be quite simple, but on paper, it's very hard working uh, thing to do. So, so yeah, I'm going to go with a three now. I like that. That is the first segment of your terrace talk all wrapped up. Uh, thank you for your time, Mike. I appreciate that, and uh, I'm sure every Norwich fan will be wishing Southampton fans you know a safe journey down, and uh, probably, hopefully, not a good result for you guys on Saturday <laughs> from our perspective because uh, we need the three points. But thank you for your time. No problem, so cheers. Welcome back to segment two of Terrace Talk. I am very pleased to be joined by Lewis from Norwich City Central. Uh, how are you doing? And uh, how have you found this international break? Obviously, it's been a bit of a, a bit of a mad one for us Norwich City fans with the uh, Farka sacking after the Brentford game and then all this manager talk. And obviously, we've now finally found out that Dean Smith will be in the dugout on Saturday. And have you, have you sort of taken all that? And, and what's your thoughts on all that? Yeah, it's been it's certainly manic. Um, I've almost forgotten what it's like, uh, the, the kind of job hunt as well. You know, I think Farker being in the job for four and a half years, it's almost an anomaly these days. So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting one. Um, I mean, thank goodness there's no more internationals till March, uh, which will be a good thing. We can get back to the football. And yeah, that the talk's over now. Um, of course, there's been so much, so much talk over the last couple of weeks with, you know, Lampard and, and so many other sources. But no, Dean Smith in, really happy with that. And um, yeah, just, just can't wait to get going and see, seeing how we can respond now and, you know, hopefully pick up the table. Were you a bit surprised by the Dean Smith appointment? Obviously, only just being sat by Aston Villa last Sunday. Is that is that a concern to you that obviously he's come from another side that struggled a little bit in the Premier League this season? Yeah, it was an interesting one, wasn't it, mate? Um, I was certainly surprised um, but yeah, by how quickly he came in. I mean, he was sacked the day after Farker, wasn't he, on, on, on the Sunday? Um, and yeah, and, and kind of cl- the, the club were keeping it close to their, their chest. But I think Dean Smith was really the the you know, the first choice appointment. So yeah, it was an interesting one. Um, am I am I concerned by it? Not necessarily. I think he's probably the best fit. Um, I think Knutson was probably the most romantic kind of manager coming in but I don't think there was any ever anything concrete in that so yeah I, I, li- I like Dean Smith I think when you compare him and him and Frank Lampard of course who was up for the job um, I think Dean Smith's got got that more experience um, and yeah of course he didn't have the best run in at Villa towards the end five five straight defeats in a row I think the game before that uh, uh, barring the five defeats they beat Man United away but um, no yeah of, of course going off the back of a poor job at uh, Aston Villa kind of this last five games but no he's in the whole he's done a really good job at Aston Villa really good job at Brentford and Walsall so no I'm looking forward to it mate looking forward to it what most, what most excites you about this appointment and, and what do you want to see him implement at Norwich is there a particular sort of formation or, or style that you want to see him sort of bring into the club yeah I think his uh kind of philosophy um looking at it is other clubs Aston Villa and Brentford it's always been on the front for it hasn't it mate always been kind of an attacking style 
Um, we've seen how good he's managed to get Jack Grealish over the years, and I'm, I'm sure Todd Cantwell, when he heard the appointments, kind of licking his lips, wasn't he? Um, at, at kind of the prospect of Dean Smith coming in, but no, I think hearing the interviews, it was really promising. It was good to hear some of the comments on kind of culture and uh, values. And um, no, I think Dean Smith's going to kind of continue that style of wanting to play attacking football. Um, but I think in the Premier League, I think with Dean Smith's know how it might be a little bit more still have that attacking foot style, but also a bit more direct and, um, you know, a, a, a bit more on the front foot. So, yeah, I, I think I think we're going to continue playing that attacking style of football. And, um, yeah, I think that suits the players as well. What do you think the reaction is going to be like at Carrow Road on Saturday? Obviously, Stuart Webber came out in the media before the Leeds game and obviously spoke about, you know, there's mm. been a few topsy-turvy sort of moments in the season where he's felt the Norwich crowd at Carrow Road maybe hasn't been behind the players or, or the management. Well, how do you sort of see that's going to change under Dean Smith? Do you think the fans are going to take to this appointment? Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit of a raucous atmosphere Saturday. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, there were some interesting comments by by Stuart Webber, of course, prior to the, prior to the Leeds game. And, um, yeah, that kind of talk before Leeds, it was kind of, I think the main message a lot of fans got from it is, you know, we're sticking by Daniel Farker, you know, and the fans need to as well. And then it was quite funny that, you know, the next game after Stuart Webber's, you know, really seen enough. But um, no, I think the fans have always kind of been behind the players this season. And I'm expecting that again at Carrow and expecting a good atmosphere. Um, but of course, I mean, you can have a good atmosphere, but quite simply with anything in, in football, it's always about what the players do on the pitch. And, you know, if, if Southampton get an early goal, you know, things might change. But if Norwich start on the front foot, get an early goal, um, you know, things can change again. And football's a momentum thing. We saw, you know, Dean Smith get sacked after Aston Villa five games in a row. So, yeah, these next three games in particular for Norwich, I think, was it Southampton, Wolves and then Newcastle, pivotal, he gets off to a good start. And I'm, I'm hopefully will. I'm hopefully will. And then sort of with Dean Smith coming in, obviously we've 11 games into the season already. What would you deem sort of a successful season for him now as Norwich coach? Is that survival? Does it, you know, do you sort of blame him if he doesn't keep us up towards the end of the season? Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, I mean, if he survives, it's, it's an absolutely fantastic achievement by him and, and the group of players as well. That, that That's the main goal, you know, getting to 17th for a pub certainly this season. Um and of course, it depends, I think, on the context. Of course, if the performances are really bad and, you know, I think Norris City finished the season in the same way they might have two years ago, then um, I, I think some fans might start to question Dean Smith. But I think Dean Smith's going to be here in the long haul. And um, yeah, I mean, it, at the end of the day, it always comes down to results. But I, I think if the performances are good, um, you know, that, that'll be more than enough for the fans to, uh, you know, stay on Dean Smith, to stay on the Dean Smith kind of wagon, certainly. And also what we all forget about is Norwich City did win their last game in the Premier League. Uh, what <laughs> most impressed you about that performance? And, you know, what did, was that sort of an expected, you know, result for you or going away to Brentford? And, and what can we take from that going into all Yeah, that? yeah. I mean, I mean, it's almost like we didn't cover the Brentford game, did we? I've almost forgotten it with all kind of what happened with uh, Daniel Farker. But no, the win was really impressive. And what was most annoying about that win, actually, in fact, is Daniel Farkel went back to his principles. You know, he went back to the 4-2-3-1. The players were much closer to Pookie and it just worked. So, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those what ifs if we kind of played that system at the start of the season. But um, I think most fans are in agreement. It probably was still the right decision to sack Farker. I think, you know, if, if you look at the performances prior to that, uh, it, it just wasn't good enough to get to get 10 wins, which you kind of need to survive at least in the Premier League. And um I don't think it was particularly a, a brilliant Brentford performance themselves. Um, we had to rely on a couple of good saves by on, on Tim Krull. But um, 
no, I would like to see us continue to play that 4-2-3-1. Play to Pookie's strengths, that's absolutely key. You know, he's not going to fry from crosses. If that's going to be the if that's going to be the playing style, then that's a concern to me. I think you'd want someone like Josh Sargent if that's going to be the playing style. But no, playing that 4-2-3-1, playing attacking football. Um, and as I said, I think the Dean Smith appointment is good because I think if you look at his playing style at Villa and Brentford, that's kind of the way he likes to play. So, um, yeah, lots of positives, I think, going into the Southampton game. But as again, it all depends what happens on the pitch, mate. Right? It does indeed, yeah. Obviously, a player that shone during the international break, uh, Billy Gilmore for Scotland yet again. Um, obviously, not seen much football for Norwich City this season, for whatever reason that might be. Is he a player that you want to see come in under Dean Smith? And, and what influence do you think Dean Smith can have on you know, his season at Norwich City? Yeah, Billy Gilmore is an interesting one, isn't he? Started the season, uh, wasn't particularly remarkable, but then, yeah, I don't think he was seen again in the Premier League after Leicester, possibly. So, um, yeah, it was an interesting one. And, and and Norwich also played, I mean, we've played so many formations this season, the back four, um, played the back five, which Billy Gilmore's been used to. I think he's been playing it with Scotland and, and, and Chelsea beforehand. So, um, yeah, weirdly couldn't get any game time. Um, and, of course, we won't know why that is. But under Dean Smith... I'm confident he'll get game time. We know what a fantastic player he is. I think if he was at Chelsea, he'd be getting more minutes at Chelsea than what he was at Norwich under Daniel Farker. So, um, no, excited to see Billy Gilmore. I think he's going to play a really big role from now to the end of the season. In fact, um, it's going to be interesting to see whether he kind of plays in that number 10, maybe further up the pitch or alongside Norman or maybe in that central defensive midfield position. So, um, yeah, not we're not quite sure where he's necessarily going to play yet, but... Whenever you see him play at, uh, for Scotland or in Chelsea, he's an absolute workhorse and um, someone who I think I think Norris City have got to find a place for Billy Gilmore in their team because you know he's he's one of the outstanding talents in in, in this group of players. Well, we'll move on to Saturday now. Uh, Dean Smith obviously up against Southampton. Uh, weirdly enough, obviously managed against them in his last game for Aston Villa. What you know, do you think he can take from that game and? You know, is that is that sort of a bonus to Norwich or almost sort of a hindrance that you know he's obviously lost the last game against them? Yeah, I think it's the first time ever a manager's uh, kind of got sacked and then plays plays the club in the next game. Um, and I think I saw a really interesting stat. It might be wrong where I think Norwich City's next eight opponents are all teams Dean Smith's Aston Villa have faced, um, which, which could be a really interesting one. So. Um, yeah, I'm sure he would have learned from from playing these teams, playing Southampton in the last game, and would have learned, you know, what went well and um, what didn't go so well. And I'm hoping Dean Smith can implement those changes. I think, you know, he's a very erudite and intelligent manager, as is Craig Shakespeare. So I'm sure they're going to be able to identify what went wrong in those Aston Villa performances and try and rectify them in the in the, with this Norwich team. And and to be honest, Aston Villa, of course, spent a lot of money. Um, but this Norwich City team, I think, are more than talented to compete at this level. I, I've always been a big fan of Stuart Webber's recruitment this season, despite there may be a couple of signings which haven't quite worked out so far. But I think I've been a big fan of his recruitment. And um, yeah, I'm sure Dean Smith can get the best out of these players. And talk a little bit about Southampton and their season so far. Obviously, Adam Armstrong, a player that Norwich were heavily linked with themselves in, yeah. in the summer. Um, what have you sort of made of him and just Southampton's season in general? Obviously, they're sat, I think it's 15th in the table at the moment. Yeah, and that's one of those things as well, where maybe if Norwich City could have, could they have pushed the boat out more to, to get that extra five million? I mean, we don't know. But um, no, Adam Armstrong, very impressive player, did brilliant in the championship. I think he was the second or third top goal scorer last season um, behind Pookie and uh, Tony. Um, and yeah, I'm a big fan of Ralph. I, I like the way Southampton play. They press high, they're aggressive. 
he's very good as well at changing things tactically within a game. So um, no, huge, huge compliments to Southampton. I really enjoy watching them. Yeah, I really enjoy watching them and uh, watching their brand. So it will be a difficult game for Norwich, but Southampton are probably going to finish mid-table, bottom mid-table this season. And it's a home game at Cairo. These are the type of games, you know, before the season where Norwich City have got to look to, to, to pick up points. So, um, yeah, it'll be a good game. I think it'll be quite open. And, um, yeah, let's hope we can get the three points, mate. Southampton have a few injury concerns as well, I believe, ahead of uh, Saturday's game. Uh, Jack Stevens, I believe, was missing last game and, and Ward Prowse is a bit 50-50 at the moment. I think Redmond was supposed to be out, but it looks like he's uh, going to be available. Do you fear Nathan Redmond's return to Cow Road? Obviously, he did get a goal in that 3-0 defeat, first game back after lockdown behind closed doors. Do you see something similar happening on Saturday? Yeah, don't remind me of that game after closed doors or any of those games. They were they were pretty... Um, uh, pretty hard to watch um Nathan Redmond's an interesting one isn't he I think he's a bit hot and cold um to be honest he's not someone I, I'm looking at and, and thinking he's going to have an immediate effect we know on his day what a quality player he is and, and how direct and his his pace in behind but um I don't think he's probably the player he's, he's definitely not one of their stronger players I think the Armstrongs are good and um yeah I, I think there's more there's more players on the pitch in those attacking areas to worry about. But we know Redmond's got, got a goal in him and can and create something out of nothing. Um, but James Ward-Prowse is the one which is the guy for me because I, he should definitely be, in my opinion, in the England setup. Um, his set pieces are outstanding and creates lots of opportunities. So, um, yeah, James Ward-Prowse's involvement in the game will, will probably be a big one in deciding how it goes. Obviously, we don't know the extent to any injury news for you know any international players or anything like that for Norwich City. But what do you want to see sort of Dean Smith do in terms of formation and, and a lineup on Saturday? Obviously, we don't know what his sort of you know in, what he's going to sort of see in this squad to you know particularly pick a team. But do you see Bill uh, Billy Gilmore or Todd Cantwell coming straight back into this team? Yeah, it's really exciting when you have a new manager and you're kind of thinking what formation, what players are going to come in, who's going to be the winners, who's going to be the losers of having a new manager in. Um, I think the team I, I, I predict is probably Crawling Girl, Williams, um, Gibson, Omamadeli, Aarons. I think Gibson and Omamadeli were hugely impressive in that win over Brentford. But obviously you've got Ozenka back, so he could be put in the fold. But I think Dean Smith might trust those two of Gibson and Omamadeli. Um, for me, I'd love to see a midfield two of Norman and Billy Gilmore. And uh, I think Billy Gilmore is probably the more likely one out of him and Todd Cantwell to start, just because Billy is match fit. He was hugely impressive for Scotland. Um, and that front three is going to be interesting as well and, and, and really interesting to see what happens there. I think Todd Cantwell might play. I mean, he could start on the bench. I don't. We don't know what his match fitness is going to be like, but um, I think if Norris can get the best out of Todd this season, then they've got a great chance of, of picking up points. Um, so, yeah, Todd, maybe Lees Malou keeping his role in, in that Brentford game, Rashita and then Puki up front. I think, uh, I don't think there's going to be too many changes necessarily from that win over Brentford because it was quite impressive. And, um, but yeah, certainly Billy Gormore and Todd Cantwell are definitely going to be on Dean Smith's thoughts. And I think I, I would lean towards both of them would start in this game. We spoke about Milot Rashica there. Obviously, Dean Smith alluded to him yesterday in his press conference, a, a player that he wanted at Aston Villa. How do you sort of see him performing under Dean Smith? Yes, really interesting one. I know Dean Smith likes him a lot. I think the sporting director at Aston Villa were very keen on bringing him in. Um, and yeah, the brilliant signing from Norwich, um, you know, £10 million. Two seasons ago, he would have been completely out of Norwich's price range at a £20, £30 million player. So um, yeah, someone who's hugely impressive. But although we've seen glimpses of what Rashica can do, 
Uh, no goals, I think just the one assist, and he hasn't created too many opportunities. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Dean Smith can do with him. But no, I'm, I'm sure he's going to get the best out of him. Someone who's direct, quick, um, good on the ball. Um, yeah, I can see Rashita's, um, you know, putting in some really good performances. And he's another one from this Norwich City perspective. Norwich haven't scored enough goals at the, so far this season to stay up. So they're going to be relying on Rashita to score and create goals. And um, yeah, I'm confident Dean Smith can uh, do that out of him because, yeah, he's, he's, he's a stunning footballer. Yeah, and then obviously you talk about uh, those kind of players. Norman obviously been getting a lot of praise over the last few games for his performances. A lot of Norwich fans obviously want him signed on permanently already. Uh, is he kind of the man you'd say is the key man for Saturday yet again? Or is there someone else in this starting eleven that you sort of think they're going to be crucial against Southampton? Yeah, I mean, Norman's been our player of the season, without a doubt, in my opinion. A brilliant goal against Brentford and, and been hugely impressive at not just uh, breaking up the play, but actually creating, creating chances as well. Um, Really, really impressive. Um, so, yeah, Norman's definitely going to be key, particularly if Ward-Prowse does start, you know, getting out close to him, stopping those kind of deliveries and crosses and, and allowing him to dictate the play. Um, in terms of other danger men, I, I think Milot Rashita, I think we're going to see a new lease of life for him, as we touched upon earlier, someone who Dean Smith really liked. Um, so many attributes to his game what is really interesting. So, um, yeah, I, I think Milot Rashiko it could be one of those players who just explodes for Norwich and um, turns into a different player of sorts. So, yeah, really excited to see how he performs. And Todd as well, you know, if Todd's match fit, um, you know, the way Dean Smith's coached Jack Grealish on that left-hand side and what he's done, I'm not saying Todd Cantwell's as good as Jack Grealish, but they've got lots of similar traits and attributes. So that's really exciting as well. And then obviously one of the key questions, how do you expect this game to go on Saturday and uh, go on, put a score prediction in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I've got no idea, mate. Honestly, when there's a new manager, um, you, you're kind of a little bit all over the place as to know what will happen. I think, I think firstly, don't underestimate the Southampton team. They're a really, really good team who have picked up some really good results in recent weeks. I think they've got a really good uh, expected goals conceded stat. Um yeah, there's lots of attributes to the game, which is really impressive. But, you know, at Carrow Road again, I think there's going to be a new manager bounce. Um, and, yeah, I'll be optimistic. I'll say Norwich win this game 2-1 with the goals from Rashita and Pukki. But, yeah, it could be a close one. Um, but, yeah, just really looking forward to seeing this game. I think it'll be an open one as well. So, um, yeah, hopefully Carrow Road will be bouncing and um, Dean Smith's the Yellow Army. Yeah, thank you for your time, Lewis. That is... Uh... That is it for this week's Terrace Talk. Uh, thank you for giving up your time and all your insight. And as usual, keep it locked on pinkham.com. Obviously, me, Paddy and Dave will be at Carroll Road on Saturday. So get there. Two o'clock, Team News Live. That'll obviously be intriguing to see who's in that starting 11 for Dean Smith on the uh, first time he's in the Carroll Road dugout. So thank you all for watching. Keep it locked on Pink. And as I just said, lots of content this week. You've got the Dean Smith presser and you've got the training videos as well. So see you next week. <laughs>